we start off talking about tech for Palestine. More than 40 founders, engineers, investors, and others in the global tech industry have announced a venture called Tech for Palestine, which is uh, created to build open source projects, tools, and data to help others in the industry advocate for the Palestinian people. Uh, it's uh, one of the first tech initiatives to take a public stance supporting Palestine. And the founder of Tech for Palestine is Paul Bigger. He is also the co-founder co of Circle CI, Dark Lang, and obviously, as I mentioned now, Tech for Palestine. Paul, I thank you so much for joining us here on uh, Under the Radar this evening. Good evening, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Let me dive into this one first, uh, just a bit of a background to give us a window into how did we come to this point. Uh, your work in the tech sector, uh, what exactly does that entail? So I have been an entrepreneur for about 15 years and basically creating startups, um, raising money for the startups and then building products. So this is the very common, the, the, the core activity of Silicon Valley, which is building new technological initiatives, raising millions, in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars for those initiatives. And that's the sort of world that, that I'm in. So I understand here, um, if, if this is uh, the, the you know, immediate impetus for this particular project, being involved in the tech, center, uh, tech sector, as you, as you just uh, advised, uh, you had written a piece uh, that's available on your blog, which is paulbigger.com, uh, which was titled, I Cannot Sleep. Uh, or I can't sleep, uh, apparently you wrote this not too long ago in December, about how tech investors and leaders are whitewashing the genocide in Gaza. What exactly did you write about there? And uh, was was that, uh, you know, the idea of tech for Palestine already conceptualized in your mind by that time, or was the response to what you had written uh, then what provided the impetus for what has happened now? The... The, the the gist of of my post was was literally you know, it's it's in the title I, I i can't sleep i was talking about how um people are you know obviously there's, there's a genocide going on and we're supposed to live our life as normal um but not only that but that the actual people that that are surrounding us in the tech industry um are overwhelmingly pro-israel um are in many many cases um saying either outwardly genocidal things or just being very pro-israel and making it very difficult for people to speak up for the palestinian people the people in gaza who are who are having bombs dropped on them and the the genesis of my post was was simply like how you know how can this be happening um and it, it specifically called out a number of uh, of investors who had invested in me personally and in my companies who who I was seeing saying these things. The Tech for Palestine initiative was not envisioned at all. Uh, that that all came out of what followed, which was a huge amount of people. Over a thousand people reached out to me um, from from the tech industry and and from without it, and 
they were saying, we agree, we're afraid to speak up. Um, and we started connecting some of the people who were, uh, who were actually doing things about it, who were creating certain initiatives, and we, we formed a sort of a collective of about 40 of us. Um, but now there's, uh, we, we went public with it. Uh, there's over 2,000 of us now working um, together, working on different initiatives. If we were to explore that uh, question that you, you've touched on, but even at a deeper level, you, you've spoken about uh, leaders. Uh, I, I wouldn't be totally sure what percentage of leaders within uh, global tech giants who are obviously censoring Palestine, who have uh, showed a very uh, pro-Israeli pro, uh, you know, pro stance if you'd like, or pro-Israeli genocidal stance in this particular uh, in this particular fight. Uh, but uh, you know, how deep does this go? Is it just uh, you know selected leadership? Uh, has the uh, you know Palestinian content, Palestinian lives, uh, been you know institutionally attacked by? Uh, you know, tech institutions around the globe, and does this issue become all the more compounded because of the very high-tech nature of the Israeli occupation, as well as uh, the uh, you know number of startups and the like that are based in Tel Aviv? Absolutely, it, it is a uh, it, it is much more than a, a handful of of one-off leaders. Um, the list of investors so investment firms put together a list um in uh in early october a couple of days after the attack of the investment firms that have that supported israel um and they have not taken their names off these lists uh except two and i think there's about 800 on the list uh, and these are extremely well-known firms um the uh you know 800 is a is a significant portion um, of uh, of firms in in the industry, you know, there's only there's only probably a couple of thousand uh, of them. The in terms of the larger um, space, uh, the the thing to remember about these firms is that they, they it's not just that they're putting their names on it. They, they, these things they they put their names on it by a vote, right? The these are firms that handle hundreds of millions of dollars that they get from from investors, and they are essentially the decision makers in terms of what companies can get funded. Every company, every tech company that you've heard of, went through this process of raising money from these people. So I'm talking about Google and Facebook and and you know Instagram. Every every company uh, in the tech space raised money from this very small group of people. Um, and so they have an incredible amount of institutional power. Uh, in many cases, they continue to sit on boards of these companies. And you see things, for example, um, I don't know too much about this, but the, the narrative is that Facebook um, on Instagram is blocking an awful lot of Palestinian content. Um, so it, it, is, it is larger than that. There's also an initiative called No Tech for Apartheid, and their goal is to block... Amazon, Google, and Microsoft from taking part in uh, contracts for the IDF. And so the, the IDF is, is extremely technical, um, and they have 
these three large public cloud companies, and in, in some cases, some of the biggest companies in the world, um, they are selling the resources, especially the AI resources that uh, that the IDF is using as part of their assault on Gaza. So it, it's you know it, the, the 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 whole thing is is incredibly intertwined. And therefore, you say you you would be suggesting that you know at this moment uh, people are pursuing uh, the cause of justice for Palestine in a variety of ways. People would be uh, you know taking to the streets en masse, and this has been happening consistently for so many weeks now. Uh, you've got. Uh, the legal cases that are being brought and the, the, the huge one at the International Court of Justice, uh, you know, starting tomorrow. Uh, you've got diplomatic initiatives, you've got economic boycotts and all the rest that, that are occurring. Uh, would you say that the area of tech has been an underestimated uh, part in this particular battle or in, in the fight back? And how important then is this galvanization that is taking place here and what 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 could it potentially add to the struggle so i suppose what it adds to the struggle is is the ability of this incredible this in, incredibly important part of the u.s um economy uh, and part of the u.s let's say thought leadership the um, their ability to speak up for Palestine and to recognize that this is an issue. What, what we're seeing is, I, I have messages from, from dozens, maybe hundreds of, of, uh, of founders in particular, uh, but even from investors who are afraid to speak up because, uh, because of the pro-Israel um, connectivity of the investor space. Um, and the because tech is such a dominant voice in the um, in the U.S. economy, and because the U.S. is essentially um, what is allowing the war to happen, you know, we, we we obviously you know, working backwards from there. We obviously, in order to stop the war, we need to change what is happening at the top of the U.S., whether that's you know Joe Biden or, or Congress. To do that, we need to affect all of the sectors. Um, in um, in the U.S. and and you know, and, and outsized one is is tech and that has predominantly been you know, going in the wrong direction and really really actually like covering for or whitewashing the genocide that's going on. And in terms of those who have uh, you know perhaps contacted you privately or those who have been willing from within the tech center to tech sector to be able to speak out publicly, is there a price to be paid for standing up in this particular way, speaking your conscience and speaking on behalf of humanity in Palestine? So very quickly after the um, October 7th attacks, when Israel was starting to put together its um, its assault on, on Gaza, um, a, a prominent a tech founder, a guy called Paddy Cosgrave, who runs the, the company Web Summit, spoke up and said, and this is a literal quote, war crimes are war crimes, even when they're committed by an ally. Um, and he was immediately shut down. He, he had a conference coming up, and everyone from Intel to Stripe pulled their speakers out. Um, 
when they pulled their speakers out, they caused him to be fired from the board um, and fired from his company, and he was removed. And that was an incredibly chilling effect across all of tech. And what happened about a month later is an article came out by two independent journalists, Lee Fang and Jack Paulson. Uh, it's called Inside the Pro-Israel Information uh, War, I think. And that article highlighted that, that the firing of Paddy Cosgrave and similar things like attacks on uh, a very famous investor called Paul Graham, uh, who had also spoken up for Palestine, uh, that those attacks were coordinated by a group of about 300 pro-Israeli uh, investors and senior tech leaders who were liaising with the IDF to find specific targets to shut down and to you know, make it so that anyone who spoke up could um, would get immediate consequences. And that did, you know, it was effective, it had a chilling effect. But once that article came out, it really started the process of changing the narrative. And there have been a number of initiatives like this that have, that have been pushing um, to change that narrative. And we can see that the narrative is, is changing pretty dramatically. Um, on Friday night, Sam Altman, who is the... Um, the CEO of OpenAI, which is you know, one of the most important companies in Silicon Valley today. They are the makers of ChatGPT. Um, he came out and he spoke out for uh, the people in tech who were being silenced um, by the pro-Israeli investors. And he himself um, is Jewish, um, and he made clear that you know, he didn't really speak about the genocide specifically, but he spoke about how Muslim and Arab people within tech were hurting and how their voices weren't represented. So we can see, you know, already since, um, you know, since since November, that narrative has been shifting, and of course it has been shifting because the the you know after October seventh there was a lot of love for Israel and they you know they have squandered it in their you know in in, in, in what is widely and correctly called a genocide. And then, Paul, uh, in terms of uh, the uh, projects that now the, this new formation loosely or anonymously, but in a cohesive uh, way, are now trying to, to embark on, uh, give us an idea of what kind of tech projects are being pursued uh, that obviously would be able to assist the people of Palestine. Yes, so our view is you, you cannot simply... Uh, call for change at the top. Uh, for example, it is difficult to call for these leaders to be fired or to be removed or to change their stances when in the status quo, which is that, that everyone is, is afraid to speak up. So we have to start at the very, very bottom. Um, so we are providing very simple and, and almost... Um, uh, you know, almost so devoid of content um, initiatives uh, because you need, in order to get from zero to one, you need to get from zero to 0 0.001. So th those are kind of the initiatives that we're leading with at the start. So there are um, badges and Instagram filters and banners for blogs and websites. We're providing a comprehensive set of those so that people can say, you know, just I mean, all we're asking them is to say ceasefire now. Um, and we are also starting initiatives where uh, where we are doing the 
logistical work of getting this done. And what I mean by that is we're not just saying you know, to a mass audience, here, you can use these. We are saying that. But we are also going to talk to founders, to talk to engineers, to talk to influencers, you know, one-on-one and tell them, you might not know what's happening. You might be afraid of speaking up. You might have only seen the U.S. narrative. Let's one-on-one from someone you trust have a conversation to tell you, you know, what is really going on. Um, and that, that is the, the process that we're using to change uh, that narrative. In, in tech, it's important to realize that the, the number of influencers is incredibly small. There's, you know, we're, we're talking in, in the range of like tens of thousands of people in total. Uh, and some of them are incredibly powerful and everyone is connected. So it's the sort of thing where, um, where you know, very small shifts uh, by individuals can have a massive effect, such as the statement by, by Sam Altman on Friday. So that's what we're, that's kind of how we're going about it. And just before we let you go, in terms of uh, to the people of Palestine itself, I mean, there's a great number. There's a good potential in terms of the tech se- uh, sector, even in a place like Gaza, obviously, uh, that's the last thing people would be able to concentrate on immediately now because of the real life and death struggles that they are facing. And even before that, uh, working on tech projects under conditions of siege, uh, complicated things greatly, but uh, are these collaborations extending into partnerships with people in in Palestine, in Gaza itself? The I, I would say that uh, we have some ideas of initiatives, but largely because we're just a, you know we're, we're sort of a coalition of individuals, it's really who shows up to do the work um, that that dictates what what gets done. A core thesis we have, as I mentioned earlier, is that what our coalition is intending to change is the tech industry in the US and in the West. Um, and so a lot of initiatives that we're looking at are really focused at that. There's a couple of initiatives that we're looking at where we can address those by getting people uh, in the West and getting members of the tech community to uh, to help people in, in Gaza and Palestine and also in the Palestinian diaspora. Um, and of course, many, many members of our community um, are, uh, are Palestinian and are, and are in the Palestinian diaspora. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of our focus is really on changing what's happening in a really small area uh, that is uh, centered around San Francisco and Silicon Valley. Indeed, and, and just as a parting one, in terms of uh, people who are in the space, where exactly are you you're looking for, or what type of uh, skills are you looking for, and if people are, initiate, uh, are keen to collaborate, what's the way to reach out? Yes, so we, we have uh, our website, techforpalestine.org, uh, and from there you can see uh, our GitHub and our Discord, and that's where things are happening, especially in our Discord. We're running um, about about 10 projects at the moment, and we're also inviting um, all the other tech initiatives, uh, or, sorry, sorry, Palestinian initiatives, they don't have to be tech initiatives, 
um, so that we can offer some of the support that, that we've had come to us to them. So a, a lot of technical resources are coming into us and, and offering uh, offering to volunteer and, and want to help. And so we are, in some cases, redirecting them to, to other pro-Palestinian initiatives that, that need help. Indira, thank you so much for your contribution this evening and uh, giving us a breakdown on what Tech for Palestine is all about. Uh, Paul Bigger, co-founder of Circle CI, uh, as well as Dark Lang, and now Tech for Palestine on the line to us from the United States of America. Thank you so much for speaking to us here on Radio Islam this evening. Thank you so much for having me.